I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jen. How are you doing? I'm good. We've just had a very exciting conversation figuring out some future fun plans for this podcast, haven't we? Very exciting. You're launching in the next episode, we think, so in two weeks from the time this one goes live. Yes, we are going to create a really awesome, what we call it, what does Substack call it? Like a paid tier? Is that how it's called on Substack? Yeah, we're going paid, I think they call it. We're going paid. (laughs) I don't know the lingo, but yes, we we got some bonus content, some cool things. So we will tell you more in the next episode, but we're excited. So we just want to tell you that we're excited. We're really excited. It's the first time we've ever done anything like that with this podcast, but it's also like a fun way for us to explore new offerings and different different ways of offering things kind of more affordably more scalable so hopefully you're on board with that and if you like with my favorite podcast I the thing I would want to pay for is more content from my favorite podcast and that is exactly what we're gonna offer but gonna it's gonna be us talking but in a different kind of way as well so anyway we'll, we'll tell you more next episode yes so hopefully you're still with us then Jen do you want to share this week's letter then I will. So today's letter is from Denise and Denise says, great to hear you chewing the cud together again. Right now I'm taking a good hard look at what I can outsource my business so that I can be free to do the stuff that I really love. Sarah, you've mentioned that you have an executive assistant. Jen, do you? If not, I'm really curious to know why not. I genuinely wonder whether it can potentially complicate the goal of a simple and spacious business when we employ people. On the other hand, thinking we can do everything ourselves more easily than outsourcing it can be a trap. I also wondered whether you both have ongoing sessions with your own business coaches or do you feel your business buddies are enough? So two kind of, well, I guess we can dig into outsourcing first and then answer the question about business coaching at the end. I really love this, actually. I like that it's a chance to kind of contrast the two ways we've tackled the same issue because we have like we have very different setups so I have Claire who's my executive assistant and just general lifesaver in general and you don't outsource do you? Outsourcing would it's it's, so Denise is using language here in this question because Denise is um obviously follows my work simple and spacious is kind of what I like it's the whole like messaging of my work Mm. and so she's using language that I use a lot in my business and for me and a big part of why how I define a simple and spacious business is that it's uniquely defined by each of us what a simple and spacious business looks and feels like for us. And me and Sarah are really interesting examples here because for me, my worst nightmare, like absolute worst nightmare, the opposite of simple and spacious would be having any form of employees or team. Whereas for you, Sarah, not having Claire would be your absolute worst nightmare, right? Right. Yeah. She can never leave. I've asked her to marry me and she's thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I tried not, I tried not doing that, right? Like I, I, tried for far too long to do it all on my own and burnt myself out and so now to go back to that is a horrifying thought but that's so much to do with my business the scale of my business my capacity my health all of those things that like you say they're so individual so it's it's not really a one-size-fits-all solution no and I think you said something really the really key thing here is that you and I have in many ways very different businesses from the one key thing of scale. So for example, you have a lot more customers than me. <laughs> like you run bigger classes than I do. You have bigger communities than I do. The scale of what you're managing in terms of like, even just a customer workload is a lot higher than mine because just the way our businesses are built up and the type of offerings we offer. Also, 
I would be lying here if I say that I don't have support because I do have support and it's very significant support in the form of my husband. So my business is basically the family business and the breadwinner for our family. My husband has like in this season of life, like a really small, he's just kept a few clients on since we've had our son because he's a podcast editor. That's what he is by trade. So he has a small client workload, but like he also plays a significant role in my business. So what I mean by that is he's my podcast editor. So he manages this podcast for us. He manages my podcast, but he's also there anything I don't want to do in my business, he does for me. And it's nothing major, but it's like, it's little things. Like when I need a PDF turning fillable, he does that for me. Oh my God, like that's the need- dream. I, Jen, you already know this, but so when my husband Rory, when my business started making enough money that we could consider me taking on help, he was really not enjoying, he was a deputy head teacher of a special school and he'd really just had enough of education and the bureaucracy. So the plan was he was going to leave his job and come and t- be my admin assistant. So I'd pay him essentially rather than someone else. And it very quickly <laughs> transpired that that's not really his skill set and it's not a skill set he's very able to learn. So <laughs> yeah, it, I can't. I would love my husband to be able to make me a PDF. I don't think it's ever going to (laughs) happen. And also if Alex wasn't, if Alex didn't have his role in my business, I would at least have to outsource audio editing, which is like, true. we would outsource this show. We would, I would outsource my podcast. I'd outsource all the podcasts I've done over the years. Everything else I could do by myself, but this alone, I would, it would be something I would outsource. But apart from Alex, I will, I mean, never say never, but I just can't ever see me within this type of business having any form of employees or team. And that is because that's what feels very true for me. And again, with you, Sarah, you know that Claire or, you know, if Claire ever left, it would have to be like a robot version of Claire. Yeah, clone, (laughs) a clone, yeah. (laughs) Clone, that's essential to you. And so I think for anyone asking themselves, should I outsource, should I not outsource, you can't really look to anyone else's business to give you that answer because everyone's business is unique to them. You kind of have to look inwards and ask yourself two things, I think. Number one, what kind of business do you actually want to build? Like, do you want to build a kind of business that has a workload that's bigger than something you can handle yourself? Do you, because that has pros and cons, right? That means potentially you can serve more people and you can potentially make more money. But then if you can't maintain the workload yourself, are you happy to build in? Because Claire's a a big expense for you right Sarah it's yeah not like absolutely you, like, absolutely and it's a big commitment it's a responsibility it's additional work it's all of those things too it's not a decision you made lightly and it's but it's again it's essential to your business so I think it's thinking what kind of business do I want to build because I have very intentionally made certain decisions so that I wouldn't ever need a team and on the other hand you've built a team Sarah because you like your business to having that need for someone else and right? I didn't build my business this big intentionally if you think back to the beginning like I just sort of fortunately stumbled across a big audience and and the topic that I was teaching was really popular so like then once you've been given it it's a different question I think to like do I want to turn this down do I want to turn down this opportunity mm. to make this money and, and serve this community versus like do I want to do the work to build it up and have that kind of business so I wonder I don't know what I would have chosen if I was starting from scratch and making an intentional kind of intentional structure for my business but once I had it then it was a question of like how do I make this work for me in the best possible way well that's the other key question right is so often people come to the outsourcing question from the perspective of 
well, this is too much for me right now. How can I make this business work for me better? And then it's usually, you know, a lot of kind of like top level CEO business advice will be like anything that you don't have to be the one doing, you should not be the one doing that in your business. Like, and I, I'm not a big fan of like generic business advice because it doesn't appeal to like, it doesn't take into account like everyone's preferences, but some yeah. business perspectives will say like anything that you don't have to be the one doing, no, you shouldn't be the one doing that. And for some people, the business they've built can only then be sustainable by bringing team a team member in. And that's where it comes down to like, and I've supported so many clients with this over the years is getting clear on what's their role in the business. What are the like essential roles that they just don't want to, fo- for some people outsourcing is just the greatest freedom because taking that workload off their plate frees up their time to do the things their zone of genius and therefore make a lot more money in their zone of genius. I think it all just comes back to the word intention, right? Like doing it all. Because for some people as well, I've seen other clients where for them, their business grew so fast and so big. And they were at the place where the crossroads was, do I like rein this back in and make it leaner again so I don't have to outsource? Or do I let this grow and then I outsource? And the answer to that question is purely what's going to work best for each person, right? Absolutely. And and because that's the flip side of it is people who resist outsourcing, to the point where it's detrimental, right? So like kind of what I did thinking I can do all this and individually each task, absolutely, I'm capable of responding to customer emails myself. I'm capable of updating my WordPress backend myself. Like so many of us have built these businesses by being scrappy, by being able to do everything ourselves. But then there's a point where you can't manage everything. And what I was finding was like, the work I could do that would make more money and make more impact in the world and make my business more powerful was not getting done because I was spending more time in those kind of admin tasks that somebody else could do and do better than me, not even just do as well as me, but do better than me because they actually understand WordPress on a level that I don't. And that would free me up to do the work that I really wanted to do in the world. And most people I speak to who need to outsource leave it at least a year or two too Mm. long before they're willing to do it. It's like something in us is so reluctant to acknowledge that it's an option and that it could work for us. So I speak to a lot of clients who are burnt out and just drowning doing the work they hate in their business when they have the funds and the capacity to outsource it and it would give them so much freedom. And the key thing to keep in mind here is there's two different types of outsourcing. There's the type of outsourcing where you're actually bringing on a salaried team member, like what you have with Claire. And then there's a different type of outsourcing, which is like a project by project basis. Like I would happily, I can definitely see myself outsourcing like different design tasks or like different, like project by project basis. Like it's not, there's the outsourcing where you're building a team, but there is also just the outsourcing where you, for a specific project or moment in time, you're outsourcing a specific task. It can look like lots of different things, right? Right. And that's how I started like the very first thing I ever outsourced was I was writing the first Insta retreat and needed lots of worksheets and I was on a deadline and I didn't have time to learn how to do that in like whatever you in design or something right and Canva wasn't ready then back then this is like eight years ago Canva just wasn't up to the task back then so it was like okay I need someone to do this for me and I found a graphic designer on Twitter who did it for me for a few hundred pounds and it felt at the time terrifying and huge and amazing And gradually then over the years, there's been more and more of that, like, oh, okay, we need branding for something like I'll outsource that, or I need a new website, or I need, you know, admin tasks doing. And 
One of the biggest complaints I hear, and I've certainly experienced this myself as well, is finding a VA who has enough initiative and self-accountability to go, you give them the task and they go and get it done. I hear from so many people who've dabbled and like hired a VA and had a terrible experience of it and have been so burnt by it that they won't do it again. And I almost feel like it's like a rite of passage at this point. Like it seems like everybody has to go through at least one bad VA experience. And sometimes I think it's probably a poor match. But the biggest lesson for me really was in there is a there is a skill to hiring someone. There's a skill to finding the right person for your way of working, for the task you have, for the outcomes you want to create. It's not as easy as you might think of just going, yeah, I just want this. Can you get it done for me? Like there's there's a reason recruitment processes exist in bigger businesses. And it's kind of the same framework you need to bring to hiring someone, even if it's just for a small task, like doing a little bit of design work. I bet everyone listening the most helpful thing you could probably share is like, tell us more about how you've built such a great working relationship with her. Like, how has she become someone so invaluable in your business? Like, how how have you got to this place with her? And and then what would be the key takeaways you would share around how someone could build up? If they say, if someone wanted to bring a team member on who would have the initiative and would become invaluable in the business, what how how did you and Claire get from day one to this place you are now? Such a good question. I wish we had Claire's answer for this as well. Maybe we should ask her at another point in time because her side of it is equally as interesting. The first thing was I knew I had, so it was for a fixed result. And I, I really learned to hire people for results rather than tasks. So not, I need you to migrate this content to this website and do this. It's like, I need you to handle this whole project so I don't have to think about it. And they might sound like the same things, but it's kind of not because if you're just asking them to do a task, they'll come to you with lots of questions in between. You need to hire someone that feels like they can take on the whole thing and take ownership of it and be happy with that. And I interviewed, I sort of shared the task with a few different VAs who were available and who had the skill set. And they were all amazing. Like from the conversations, it would have been really hard to pick. But Claire definitely like understood it and was very reassuring. And then instantly after the call, she emailed me like within half an hour, a spreadsheet of all the tasks that she could identify that needed to be done and timelines and how she would track and record what she was going to do. And the others, like people said, oh, I'll email you a price. I'll email you what it is. And they just didn't. And I had to chase and ask for prices. So instantly then I was like, okay, this is this is the kind of initiative I need. This I need someone because I'm naturally not like that. <laughs> like I'd love to be, but I'm I'm someone who finds it difficult to send the email within half an hour. So I really wanted to hire someone that kind of complemented my skills instead of had the same issues as me. She really stood out. Yeah, she stood out like instantly. And that's a really, I think a good tip for anyone in the VA business of how to make yourself stand out is leaning into that responsiveness. And then when it came to doing the work, she really stood out. Like she had, you know, she just, she was happy to tackle it. And a concept I came across, I think it was via a woman called Chris Plackey, who teaches business leaders, like how to run their businesses, this idea of a decision filter. So, and I use this with my husband who still does some customer service in my business as well. So rather than someone coming to you and saying, this is a problem, how should I handle it? It's kind of setting it up so they see a problem and then they go, this is how I think I should handle it. And then either do handle it that way, or they at least come to you and say, this is the problem. This is my proposed solution. Yes or no. And it's so much lighter 
for me then to just have to go, yeah, that sounds great, go ahead. Or actually, no, let's look at it a different way. Then me having to take the responsibility of coming up with the solution individually each time. And what that then does is then skills them up to be able to predict exactly what I would ask them to do. Because they're like, oh, she said yes to this last time and it was similar. So that then going forward, they, they can know without even having to ask me the correct response. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds like they make you stronger. Like, you know, like, like they take you kind of like the more time you spend together, they start to think like you. Exactly. Or they at least know how I will want it to be thought about, even if it's not how they would naturally think about it. But for Claire, like she, she and I align on so many things anyway. So it, definitely the fact that it was naturally a good fit was really huge. But yeah, so just kind of that, that slight structure to the relationship so that it kind of empowers her to make those decisions without having to doubt herself or worry that I'll say it's the wrong thing. And yeah, building up those kind of filters, that process, definitely with my husband, he has a tendency, like he worries about things or he'll want to come and tell me about things that that are not things I need to be getting involved with anymore in my business, you know, so someone who's got a payment problem, like that doesn't need me to deal with it. We have Claire, we have my husband, that's what their time is for. And so me being able to kind of, finding that balance in our relationship because obviously it's also a marriage but being able to say like okay but you need to tell me what the solution is that you're proposing and then come back to me and I'll say yes or no so that he's becoming equipped to deal with it on his own in future it's making me think like if Alex wasn't my husband and he was just my podcast editor for example because like I said if if Alex wasn't here this would be the thing I would outsource to my business for podcast editor what I love about it is I trust his expertise so much and I trust his pros. Like all you and I will do today is record this episode, give it to him. He will turn it around for us. Yes. And, the, and he does everything. Like he does like all the show. Like, and I'm thinking like, oh, when you bring people in for whatever role you're bringing them into, you want to trust their expertise. You want to trust that they're not bringing anything to your table that you don't have to solve for yourself. And you want to build a working relationship where like Alex knows, like sometimes we'll, we'll be recording an episode, Sarah, you and I, and then we'll stop for a minute and just like clarify, is that how we wanted to say it? And I don't have to tell Alex, oh no, what it was meant to be. Yeah. Wasn't. At two he minutes just 40, te- make sure you cut that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he can tell by the change in our voice because he's been editing us since what, 2018. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I'm just thinking, I'm putting myself in the shoes of, if it's just, let's just take away that he's my husband. What feels so good about outsourcing any role in our business is when that person is at a caliber that your managing of them isn't part of your, you can just trust their expertise and they can know how you think and they know how you show yes, up. And that is then how they become an asset and not just something that you have to you know worry about are they doing their job that's it and of course when with any new working relationship there is a period at the beginning of that being a learning curve and it takes more time and it takes more effort but what a lot of people do that tends to be an epic mistake is they think oh I'll hire a friend or a family member instead and not necessarily like not like you with Alex more like me with my husband where you go oh they're not got they're not doing any work and it's just a bit of like it's stuff that comes easy to me I'm sure it'll come easy to them and then it doesn't or actually they think about things very differently so don't be afraid to start from scratch building that relationship with someone professionally because like you've said Jen the most important thing is that you trust their discernment in that professional arena. And most of the time, what you actually need is someone who really understands the industry, not somebody 
like not to undervalue the work and go oh well it's just emails anyone can do it that's not true you deserve your business deserves and your customers deserve someone who is really skilled at that and it's worth putting the time in and paying the money to do it really well because the burden it lifts from your mind is so much greater and the you need such a light touch then as the business owner you can kind of let it run and then the other thing that was huge actually thinking about it at the beginning was I had no documented procedures in my business at all so there were lots of things we do like how we put an insta retreat on sale and you know where we move the signups to and how we set up the payment plans and how we take it off sale at the end and how we send the emails all of that stuff but we all just knew it and so Claire coming in I was like how do we now pass this knowledge on to her but also if we're going to do that let's also record that knowledge so that if anything happens and Claire has to go that is all there as a framework to teach the next person and in theory now anyone could come into my business and I could say I need you to sell an insta retreat and they could just work through the procedures watch the videos work through the tick lists and get it on sale and then get it off sale without me having to hold their hand all the way through it so that work at first is is big but then long term it creates so much sustainability and freedom. That's amazing. I'm so curious, like on a weekly basis, weekly, monthly basis, what are the problems that Claire solves for you the most within your business? Like what is she taking care of that you don't, that's not on your plate at all anymore? So all of the tech, any tech problems, and there's always tech problems with, you know, websites not working together or someone's payment plan's gone funny or something like that. So she just handles all of that. She does all of my kind of customer service emails and sometimes she will come to me and say what do you want to do about this and I'll give her my you know my ideas but that's the only involvement I have to have I know it's been sent I can trust it's been done she handles all of my client notes so after a one-to-one call they get like a copy of the notes and they get an upload of the call recording and they get access to like a booking calendar that's all Claire she manages all of that she goes into the zoom calls and takes everything out she I send her a photograph of my written scribbles of notes and she types them up into a beautiful legible thing yeah her brain is just brilliant and there's very little that I can't say hand on heart that she could do as well if not better than me in the running of my business day to day and people are probably listening and thinking but that's because you've got Claire and that's not available to me because unless I also have Claire then it can't happen and I know that because that's how I used to think and it's true that Claire is wondrous and there is only one of her but the person you need who has the exact skill set you need and the personality traits you need exists they do exist and they're out there in the world looking for work like it's you're not asking too much you're not being unrealistic they exist and it's worth putting in the effort and the time to find the right person and not compromise because it's the compromises that tend to pull people under and end up not being worth the money and time and energy yeah I have like the most boring basic question that I'm so curious about okay how do you and Claire communicate are you like in a team's dashboard together do you text like what does even just communication look like between you both it's whatsapp primarily Uh, um and and like we have set up more structured things and like click up Claire's an amazing back end of click up for me but generally because especially if I'm messaging about something that's just come up if it's not a scheduled task that she's already anticipated it's usually quite short notice and possibly I'm like resting because I'm not well so 
yeah whatsapp is ideal and sometimes i'll text i'll whatsapp her like late at night and say do not read this <laughs> do not read this message until you're actually at work which is a boundary that like i've had to check in with her because I, it would be some people's absolute worst nightmare to receive messages like that at that time of night but claire's very good at not wading in when she doesn't want to wade in and taking her time off and, and ring fencing that but yeah so i can send her pictures of things i can send her like photographs of things on my website that aren't working or sometimes she'll she'll send me like voice notes or videos of something she's been working on or vice versa so it works really well for us and you're obviously a very good boss because how long has Claire been working for you now a few years we have an anniversary she knows our anniversary I'm rubbish (laughs) at these things yeah three years maybe Okay, so so you're obviously doing a good job because if, if you were awful, she would have left. So well, what you should ask I'm thinking Claire. for anyone li- <laughs> I'm thinking for anyone listening who's thinking like, oh, okay, I want to build this type of relationship with someone. How do you think you've gone about this in a way that's allowed you to be a good boss? Hmm. I don't know. I'm scared I'm gonna say I'm a good boss and then Claire will listen to this and be like <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely always tried to think about Claire the human, right? Like she has her own objectives and goals, she has her own work that she prefers to do and prefers not to do and it would be very easy to just be like here's everything I hate in my business and you have to do it and I never wanted that kind of relationship so I'm always checking in with her like is this the kind of thing you're happy to take on or do I need to find someone else so Claire is actually a really amazing coach she's been certifying as a coach in the time she's been working for me as well and so I'm, I'm always gently nudging her. I'd love her to come and do some coaching, like in one of the group coaching calls in one of my programs. So like, I guess like, yeah, trying to extend those opportunities to her, because even though when her coaching practice takes off massively and she's too busy for me, I'll be distraught. Like she's also become just a really important friend to me and I really want to see her succeed and, and be able to like help help her in any way I can with that. I mean, I think I'm a nightmare, honestly, in a lot of ways because... I'm I'm very much the opposite of her steady organized spreadsheet self maybe humor is probably the biggest thing is that like I'm always happy to laugh about myself and I'm always very honest with her like I'm not at, at the start there were times when I sort of try and come up with excuses for why things were last minute or things were a bit chaotic and now I'm just like it's just because of who I am Claire and she just laughs at me and we carry on so th- there's kind of no attempt at me pretending to be someone I'm not and then hopefully that gives her permission to be human too and you know to tell me when she's not feeling 100% or when something's kind of not working the way she wanted it to or whatever else that's I, I've just been trying to ask the questions that I think of what people would ask I think mean, I just I'm fascinated like I didn't know any of this behind the scenes because like, why would we talk about this like, yeah we like, never talk about it it's true I wish I'd prepared it, my brain more because I feel like it's a bit rambly I apologize <laughs> no it's it's so fascinating because I think you know I guess pulling it out, it's like, so for you in your business, what are, and I guess we could both answer this, but like for you, with you having someone so significant in your team, what are the things that you want to be the person doing in your business? Because you do have this significant role taken by Claire in your business. What are the things in your business that you protect, but you're like, no, this is, this is what I want to do. Where are you with Claire taking so much off your plate and managing so much, where do you like to spend your time in your business? that's such a good question yeah so for me it's all in the creation like that's the thing that she's given me back is the freedom to be more creative and do things like writing my sub stacks and taking photographs and things like that so I would never in a million years outsource those things to anyone else I have tried to outsource some copywriting so I have an amazing friend Keely who's an such a gifted copywriter 
she and I are actually working on a Substack class together at the moment that's going to launch in September. And so sometimes when I've not can't finish a draft, you know, when you write a draft and then you just hit a wall with it and everything else gets in the way. And so she's gone in and, and finished drafts for me and done a better job of it than I could have done. But there's something that feels like dishonest about putting out something that I say I wrote that I didn't. And I think this is a really common struggle people have when they first take on a copywriter in their business. But right now, anything that goes out with my name on it should have been written by me. So if you get an email that says it's from me, if you get a comment on social media, then it's from me and it all really is from me. And so that just means that when Claire replies to a customer service email, she just introduces herself and says, I'm, I'm handling this for Sarah and, and that's fine. What that gives you as well is like a degree of safety and peace of mind. And Jen, maybe you can relate to this, that part of running these businesses on our own means you're always only ever one horrible email away from like completely doubting your worth and everything you're doing in the world for a few hours. Like there's no barrier. There's no separation between us and people's worst thoughts. And it's really lovely to have a sort of a teammate with that and to be able to say like actually this person's bringing like all of their own shit to our inbox I don't have to even read it like it's not for me and I can trust that if there's something I need to see Claire will bring it to me but if it's just them doing their own thing that she is more than happy to handle it and I don't need to wade in and that that kind of buffer space is such a gift that I didn't think I wanted until I had it yeah that as you talk about it because I'm you know I think like what what are the roles I like to have in my business and like for me like like I know some people outsource like community management right and like I in my slack community for my group program for example like I'm the one in there like I love being in there and replying to every message and diving deep and obviously so for me the main moving pieces in my business in terms of delivery is is one-on-one clients and that is like only I can show up and do that because yes. they're hiring me. So that's there's nothing that's outsourced within Side Your Simple and Spacious Business, my group program. You know, I'm the one delivering the resources and the office hours and I'm the one in the community. Like that's exactly how I want it to be. And then there's also marketing and content creation. Like, And obviously I outsource some of the technical stuff to Alex. And I'm thinking like the only thing you're saying that I would remotely ever see that I would want is like, oh, when you get once or twice a year an email that's incredibly nervous system activating to deal with yeah. you describing that buffer that's the bit where I'm like oh that must be nice that must be nice to not be alone in and I'm never alone because if I handle something tricky Alex is there for me to talk it through but I'm the one replying and I can only imagine how freeing it how safe you must feel when someone else is doing that response for you and that's not that doesn't happen enough for me to need to hire someone so that they're always in backup to handle because I like being the one to reply to like any form of custom like because I'm not again I'm not running things at scale as you are you have a lot more customers than I do in terms of like the type of programs we run but hearing that that was my nervous system felt soothed at the thought of not being the person to having to handle the difficult conversations that sounds very nice yeah I like you say it wouldn't be enough for a full-time job for somebody but having that and also because whenever you run things at scale like I think the industry average for classes is meant to be like a 10% refund rate ours is tiny ours is like less than one percent but even then like I speak to so many people who struggle with refund requests and what they make it mean and the separation of not having to be the person that replies to those emails so that then it's just data like then Claire can just come and say and just so you know out of that class we had like two refund requests like 
and these were the reasons. It's so, yeah, it just keeps my nervous system in a much more level place. And I think there's other ways to get to that. There's definitely ways to manage your mind and everything else around that. But it's just so nice to kind of be like, actually, that's not the best use of my time to be the person that processes a refund and goes into the back end and goes into Stripe and sends the money. And like, I don't need to always be the person doing everything. I can trust other people. Yeah. And it's interesting because I could have Alex actually do that back end stuff for me. If I, were. I think, you know, the interesting thing is I'm always trying to be in dialogue with my business around what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And for me, a lot of the refinement of my business and the making it work best for me, a lot of it for me has been structural the past few years. So in terms of the offerings, yeah. the in terms of both the offerings themselves and in terms of the way I deliver the offerings and all my key moving pieces has been adjusting the actual uh, structure of the business. But for people listening to this, like if something's not feeling good in your business, it's always a such a good opportunity to be like, what are the pieces that are out of alignment right now? And for you listening, you might have listened to what Sarah shared and been like, yeah, I really actually am in a place where I'd love to build in a team member who can walk this journey with me and manage a lot of this stuff. Or maybe you've got one, but maybe you've got like one specific job in your business that you hate doing. Maybe you hate video or audio editing, or maybe you hate like all the design side of things or like community management maybe you're starting to see roles in your business where you're like actually I don't want to be the person solving this problem it's not a structural thing it's not something where I just need to manage my time better or change what I'm doing I just need someone to come in or you might be on the journey that I've been on which is like actually I need to reshape the business and restructure the business and it may be a blend of the two and I think it just comes back to being intentional with looking at what our needs are and what the business's needs are and meeting those needs in whatever way feels right. There's no right or wrong answer, I don't think, to outsourcing. But I think for many people, it's a very helpful answer, which is to say, I don't want to do this alone anymore. I need someone to come in and give me their expertise so I can stay in my zone of genius, right? Absolutely. And and it can look like so many different things, right? Like you can you can hire a VA who you just buy a package of hours from and you use those over the space of a year as you need them. Like it doesn't have to be this person works this many days a month with me. It can be really flexible or you can just do it on a project by project basis or, you know, you could just hire someone for a couple of hours to catch up on your bookkeeping for you and take that off your list. So just because of of kind of how I've described mine, don't think it has to look like that. It gets to look like whatever you want it to. And also you're doing an amazing thing then by enabling someone else to have the business of their dreams which I love I love that me doing the work I love means I can then support Claire in building a business that she loves and living the life she wants and like that's what it's all about for me is kind of creating this economy of creators doing the work that they feel drawn to do in the world I really value that I get to I'd much rather spend my money on that than on, uh, yeah I just really value that it means a lot to me and also it's not set in stone right like your business might look different five years from now a new role may crop up for me like I never say I I think you have to know yourself well enough and know what type of business you want to build and know what type of work you want to do in the world and how but like for all I know a few years from now there does become a role that opens up and I want someone to take that over right for me I just think it's important to just be in dialogue with ourselves constantly around what's working what isn't what do I need what do I want to build where do I want to be spending time in the business but outsourcing is a very I'm glad we've done this I felt like a little inadequate for this episode because I had nothing to say but I've actually really enjoyed picking your brain because I think hopefully your insights will be really interesting for people and I think for Denise for today's 
question asker because you know they say good hard look at what you can outsource in your business that you can be free to do the stuff you really love the question there is the stuff that you don't want to be doing in your business is it essential does it have to be done within the business yeah that's the first question I guess it's this tick box of like does it have to be done for the business to function and thrive yes do you not want to do it no okay outsource do you get what I mean like yes because I very intentionally not built anything into the business that would be essential for the business that I don't want to do. Does that make sense? Like for me, that's what my version of a simple and spacious business is. But for someone else, depending on your industry, your business model, there might be some key essential pieces that you're like, this has to get done, but I do not want to do this. I mean, for many people, it might just be customer support alone that they just don't want to have to handle that. Or for someone, it might be they don't want to handle their bookkeeping or the specific roles. And I think it's just then, okay, you can then start to get an idea of what the roles are that you would outsource. And then probably, I don't know, Sarah, would you say outsourcing the thing that causes you the most stress taking that off the plate first I imagine frees yeah. up the most energy if that makes sense stress and friction so you know if you've been trying and failing to add your newsletter sign up to your website for six years just hire someone to do it they'll get it done in an hour and it will take you another six years to do it like so yeah the stress the friction the things where you have the most resistance are well worth the investment because it gets you past the block and, and I see that for so many of my clients Oh, the other thing, this is totally random. The other thing I have outsourced in the past is photography. So I've had two brand photo shoots. And these, again, it's a project by project thing. But I've had two brand photo shoots with the same photographer, Sophie Careful. She's amazing. And I would never, like, not hire out photography when I don't want new brand photos. (laughs) Because that is something I can't do for myself. And again, I have someone who I've hired multiple times and I would hire them again multiple times. Again, it doesn't have to be someone that's on the books constantly it can be a freelancer that you reach out to multiple times when you want to for me like I I those photos that I've paid for support my brand so much more than like a selfie I could take by myself do you know what I mean yeah absolutely and that's it like a lot of the time outsourcing doesn't necessarily look like what we imagine it's not always someone to do admin for us it might be someone to do creative for us someone to do a brand redesign or like even someone to run your social media accounts that's the thing that people Mm. can outsource so there's someone out there who's willing to do whatever the task is that you don't want to do or that you need help to do. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that you completely take off your desk and become hands-free on. It might just be that you need someone to sit beside you and do it with you. Or it might be that like you're like Jen and you can do it all on your own. I'm curious, Jen, are there things that you think you've had to sacrifice doing in your business because you know you don't want to outsource? Are there things that you would have done differently if you had a person to send it to? No, because I very intentionally, like, I think we've even not had friction. I think I've confused you at points over the years because you've seen how I have capped growth in my business. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you've, and you're like, Jen, what are you doing? And I'm like, but this is how I want it. Like, I love my business and the things that I find hard in my business. And I, this is a whole conversation for another episode. It is honestly just the intersection of health and business because like, and I can't change that I live in a chronically ill body, but no, I... I've been very intentional about what I want for my business and how I want it to feel. And I, there's nothing, no, there's literally nothing that I feel I've sacrificed. Like I'm, I love the setup of my business and how it works. And I couldn't even think that there's like something that I would want to out, like non, I'm looking at my to-do list for this week. There's nothing on there that I would have wanted to outsource. And the truth is anything I want doing for me, Alex can do. Like in terms of, cause, and, and that's the way our life is set up. Like I'm yeah. the breadwinner, he's home, like he's here. To yeah. like he's, you know, he's a stay at home dad as well. Cause our kid is home with us, but he's, he's doing, if I don't want to do something, I can just ask him to do it. That's his role. So I can't think of anything. I think for me, the worst thing I could have done was 
for the way my brain and body works, if I had just grown and grown and grown and had stability, I honestly think that would have just destroyed me. I think the only thing is like, yeah, when I think about dealing with and it happens so rarely but like I think about when you deal with tricky communications yeah I would love in those moments to just feel supported but you I couldn't just have someone on standby <laughs> do you know what I that's mean? why that I always true. say to you I'm like can I handle it for you like give me your tricky <laughs> customer I will write back to them for you because when you're not in the situation it's not tricky right when it's not personal and it's not your business it's so much easier to have that clarity so and also what those tricky situations ask of me is for me to move through my own biggest blocks, which is like for me, and this, I'm sorry to make this a therapy session, <laughs> but like for me, knowing that I am allowed to have needs in any yes. relationship is is the biggest one for me. Like for me, just because of family of origin stuff, like for me, knowing that I'm safe to have my own needs and my own boundaries is is the, my life's work and it's interesting because the only relationship in my life where I don't really have that problem is my relationship with my husband because we've built such a safe loving relationship so for me anytime that's challenged in my business where really like example here is so um at the beginning of this year and I've been going through a lot of really hard health stuff um this past year and I had a I have to do one live call a quarter within my group program and the day of I collapsed on the floor that day I'd been in hospital a few months before that I'd had brain scans something was going I if anyone doesn't know I have a neurological condition and so I was very very unwell and I collapsed that morning I literally collapsed on the floor was not okay and I had to reschedule that live call and everyone was incredibly understanding and also someone was very very angry that the call was rescheduled because they were really looking forward to it and they asked to leave the program and it was absolutely fine but if you can imagine you've collapsed on the floor you've been very unwell and you've got this email in your inbox of someone very upset with you that's hard like in that moment probably would have been really nice for someone to hold me through that and to handle that for me and I'm looking back and I'm like the stress response that that put me into and the way I tried to deal with it and so I'm looking at that and I'm thinking yeah that would have been really nice for someone to handle that for me but yeah, you needed it. I own that's only that's never happened before again. Do you know what I mean? So it's like when stressful situations like that happen, it's an invitation for me to grow into the self-worth of knowing that I'm allowed to have needs. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. Like every struggle in our business has something to teach us. And there's actually in the end, there's no way of getting away from that. Like if you if you hide from the struggle in one place, it will just find you in another place. We can't escape the learning and the work that we ultimately have to do and it's true like and you know by the time I had someone to help me with my refund requests I dealt with however many like I had done my work on the refund request and it just got to the point where I was just like oh instead of crying on the floor Um, (laughs) (laughs) and for me it's never with refund requests specifically like it's what you make it mean to yourself. Do you know what I mean? Because for me for that specific example and listen I'm not throwing any shade to that person because they are allowed to not want to be part of something they're allowed to be annoyed that I had to cancel something I had to reschedule something like that's absolutely fine and on the other hand it was a medical emergency and I couldn't do anything about it even learning to sit in that two things are true that I did nothing malicious and that it was a medical emergency and I would not be mad like that's okay and also it's okay that that was not within what they wanted to be true for them within this country you know what I mean like both things can be true but being in and integrity with yourself and I thinking actually this is a this is me role modeling the values that I teach others for their businesses is that exactly and, you have and to learning to sit in the place of like what's on me what's not on me and yeah I just think refund requests are always an invitation to 
grow stronger in our business but I also really kind of like when you've got customers at scale I imagine having someone help but I think refund requests in general for anyone listening to this I I would say that's probably the most triggering challenging customer service situation would you say it seems to be for everybody yes it seems to be fairly universal is is that and having just people object to you selling in general and sending you critical emails is equally uh triggering for people and and that's the thing is like getting to a place where I can hear the feedback the Claire will come to me and say someone's mentioned this and you know maybe we do need to look at it that that's not covered or that wasn't there for them or it's just you know their personal circumstances or their finances or whatever else in which case there's no reason for me to get involved and then that comes back to not like it comes back to not taking business personally while still being 100% invested in doing your best work in the world and that ultimately has been the work of this for me it's like how can I be completely devoted to doing my best work in the world and also not taking things so personally that I can't keep showing up like I'm in launch right now for my flagship group program and I'm getting like so many unsubscribes to every sales email (laughs) and like I always do when I'm in selling and I'm like that's fine like we have to stomach that because that's just the reality of taking up space and selling and that doesn't phase me at all because my nervous system has been through it enough to every time we go through something that activates our nervous system I get that we're totally off topic here but I feel like we just get stronger every time we do it yeah it's like exposure therapy yeah and so I imagine in your business anything that you're outsourcing that you find hard the fact that you've been through it the hardness yourself and figured out what to do with it probably allows you to then be in a place to know how to outsource it if that makes sense yeah I that was one thing I didn't say but should have said is I will never outsource something until I figured out how to do it myself because I need to know if it's being done right and the way I want it or not so you know like I can't say to someone will you write me an email sequence unless I know what my customers will respond to and what a good email sequence looks like for me so that I can look at it and and appraise it and know what's right so yeah so for me it's always got to be something I've kind of done the work at least a bit on myself and hit the wall and then know where the where the value is and paying someone else to do it right because if once you've done it yourself you know how hard it is and you can really appreciate the skill it takes for someone else to do it yeah okay Denise had one last question and I'm aware we've been recording for a long time so we'll give our quick fire answer to this okay but they asked like whether we both have ongoing sessions of our own business coaches or if business buddies besties are enough what's your thoughts on this so a bit of both I would say like day-to-day business besties are enough but also like having Claire having a person who's a sounding board in my business really helps when I have specific change times of change in my business or specific obstacles or specific things that I need support with then I do sometimes hire a coach and have a block of sessions because I do like sometimes you need an outside pair of eyes there are only so many ways you can look at a problem yourself and the power of someone outside of you looking at it with you is like that's why I love coaching because it is so powerful so I'm, I'm always open to hiring and, and working with someone when I need to yeah what something about you? that I found really impressive same with you like Alex is like my sounding but like Alex and then you and my other business besties that supports me on a day-to-day basis and the thing that I've found most impactful to invest in in my business journey is like ongoing coaching program so less about one-on-one sessions but more about like for example I'm in a coaching program and it's kind of like you know you pay like a lifetime membership and then you're in a community and they kind of give behind the scenes and they give resources and all that kind of stuff that's what I found really impactful in my business because for me I want to be in the orbit of the people who inspire me and who um, model different ways to me to move forward and who 
keep me feeling brave and curious and expanded in my business. So for me, that has been the best investment to me, that that group coaching program I'm in, because it allows me to be in the orbit of people who can inspire me and stretch me. And so for, for me, if I follow someone and I really feel aligned with them as like I have a list of like courses or programs I might join because for me, it's just being in the orbit of people who stretch me and challenge me and inspire me as a business owner. So it's less for me about wanting one-on-one calls, but more about wanting the behind the scenes and the insights from other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. I wonder if it might be helpful if we get time to put in the show notes on Substack, um, just like some of the coaches and, and people cl- and programs that we've, you know, we're interested in or that we admire to give people some ideas yeah. of places to start. And also I think the best thing there is share in the comments, like who are the people you're following who are like inspiring you and encouraging you in your business? Because then there's just going to be a wealth of people for everyone to follow and like dive into their audience and figure those stuff out. Because I don't think we're meant to do this alone. And I think depending on your personality style and the stage of business that you're at, there's so many great different things to invest in. And I think every time I've made an investment to stretch me, it's always, if, as long as I've chosen the people wisely who I'm welcoming into my inner world, it's always stretched me in new ways. And we're not meant to do this alone. And me and Sarah are business coaches and we we know better than anyone that we're not meant to do this alone. Yeah, even coaches but I need think, coaches. And also if yeah. you don't have business besties, one of my big hopes for the Substack space, like for the chat and for the comment community is that that can be a place where people can connect like that. Like, it only takes you finding someone else's substack and getting chatting for you to find the next bridesmaid or the next like maid of honor or godmother of your child. It really happens online. So do come by the substack if you haven't already and um, join in the conversation because I think we have a listenership right here of people who have aligned values and aligned needs and aligned goals in the world. So it's a good, there are good odds that you'll find someone to connect with. Yeah, fingers crossed. But yeah, I thought we would just do a quick fire, rapid. I hope I've not been too waffly. I'm sorry, everyone. No, this I had nothing to answer. All I had to answer to this episode was like, no, I'm a big weirdo who doesn't want a team. And that's okay. Like that's, like that's my answer. And hopefully anyone else listening who feels like that and feels like maybe like, oh, but do I have to? Like, I guess I can model like, no, you get to build and run the business you want to mill, but mill, build. But Sarah's hopefully shared some actual hands-on yeah. tangible insight here for if you do want to outsource what that could look like. Um, you know what it's made me think no- now as well as like, I've never really reflected on it, but like if my health did magically improve and my capacity returned to do so much more in my business, would I take it back on? And now having the experience of outsourcing it, unless I had to, I don't think I would. I really enjoy the space and the freedom it gives me, even though I maybe wouldn't have chosen it. And it came from necessity now that I've experienced it, like 10 out of 10, highly recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm over the moon happy for you. It does, I'm, it's beautiful to, we're both very happy in our businesses and we're both very at home in our businesses and it's because of how we've shaped them and outsource. I mean, and it, it would be a lie to say I don't have a team because Alex is very like, he's handling all the audio stuff and he's like, they're doing it. Like, so it's like, we both have people in our corner supporting us. And I think that's also at different varying degrees. And I think that's the most important takeaway here is that we're not doing this alone. We're not doing this alone on a practical level, but we're also not doing this on an emotional level because we have people there to support us. We have business besties. We have different coaching investments that we've made. Like we are not doing this alone and therefore none of us are meant to do this alone, but whatever we bring into our 
journey, whether it's coaches or people we outsource to, that's up to us to decide whatever we need in each season that we're in. Amen. Amen to that. Okay, well, submissions are open. If you want to keep submitting questions for episodes, the link will be in the substack to submit a question if you have something you'd love us to dive into. And yeah, come and let us know in the comments your experience of outsourcing, any questions you have. And yeah, it was fun recording with you today, Sarah. So fun. I can't wait to speak to you next time. Bye. Bye. You can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon. <laughs>